what's going on class since I can't figure out the zoom and we can't uh, share with my ones who are online and the ones who eventually just miss class and since I'm only there two times out of three days figure this may be a little easier to get some stuff some information across so we can actually be in the lab most of the time when I am there and then also from my ones who are online you get some information that you ain't got to try to figure out the zoom thing like me and we'll keep we'll stop the struggle a little bit so we're gonna try this podcast see how it does and then this also be for the days that you're not there you can kind of listen back on the lecture to see how it is and keep going on about our business so first we're going to talk about adult cpr okay adult cpr is pretty simple it has five links to the chain of survival it the percentages are not high to, to be able to save a life, but we do it in ways because you always do have that chance that you can save somebody's life. So we're only going to talk about three links of the five links of the chain of uh, survival, mainly because the fourth and fifth is pretty much getting them in the ambulance and getting them to the hospital and then the care that they get at the hospital because that's what we really want. We want to get them, get them there as quick as possible, mainly because the quicker we get there, the the higher their percentage of survival is. So our first link is recognizing the emergency and calling 911. Second link we're going to talk about is performing CPR. And then the third link we're going to talk about is using AED. So our first our first link, recognizing the emergency and calling 911. So how do we do that? So first we have to make sure the scene is safe. We have to tap and shout. This is pretty much checking to see if they're awake or not. You're going to shout for help to get somebody to come in case there's nobody around you. You're going to phone 911 and get an AED. AEDs are very, very important. And we're going to check a pulse and make sure they're breathing. All right. So now, why is checking the scene, uh, checking to see if the scene is safe? Why is it so important? It is because if there's a wire down and you go to run out there to save this individual and you get electrocuted because you wasn't careful. Well, now you have two people down and that person can't be taken care of. And now we have to wait until somebody can arrive and then we have to wait till the power's cut so we can get somebody to help you. And it's just a whole a mess of things that have to happen. So just kind of like a busy street as well. You don't want to just run out in traffic trying to save somebody's life because what happens is, is you get hit by a car and now we're in a you know even bigger predicament this is also the same or same scenario goes with is as if you're giving care you also have to make sure the scene stays safe is because if you're giving care and something crazy happens you got to be able to get yourself out and them if not you got to be able to make sure you get yourself out so next we're going to do is we're going to tap and shout so you're just going to tap on the individual's shoulders shout hey are you okay this is just to check to see if they're responsive, for, uh, if they're responsiveness. Now, if they do respond, you just ask them, hey, can I help you? Um, if they say no, you just kind of sit back and wait because if they do pass out, you're going to phone 911 and you're going to go through the whole protocol again. If they're unresponsive, you're going to shout for help. Okay, you got to get some money over there. Over there. So when you shout for help, this is actually when you're going to get someone to go call 911 and get the AED. A lot of times, you know, people nowadays, we all have cell phones. So you could actually be the person to call 911 for the most part, but you do need somebody to go get an AED as quick as possible. 
your success rate of survival goes up tremendously just by having an AED. So you got to tell them to come back. I know it's, it's kind of sad, but you have to tell people to come back is because if you tell somebody to go to an AED and they just look at you and go, okay, got you. I'm going to go get an AED. Some people look at that as an opportunity to escape, not to come back. And at that point, you assume they didn't find an AED. So in about 10 to 15 minutes, if they don't come back, you got to assume that they hadn't found it. Either they said, I'm getting out of here, or they're lost. So you have to send somebody else to go get an AED. And if there isn't anybody, you do you finish your cycles of CPR, and then you run and you try to find an AED. All right, so next we're going to check their pulse and their breathing. So you're going to do these at the same time. So as I'm checking their pulse, I'm going to look to see if their chest is rising, to see if they're breathing, to see if they have any normal breath. So I'm going to check their pulse in their carotid artery, which is in their neck. And if I'm on the right side, I check on the right side. It's just easier. Do not check with your thumb. Your thumb actually has a pulse in it. So if I check my thumb, I'm going to, I'm going to feel a pulse, and it might not be there. It's probably going to end up being mine, and you're not going to do anything, and you're not going to have an opportunity to save this person at all. So let's just say they have a pulse and they are breathing. So now we're just going to go at monitoring stage. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to roll them on their side and I'm going to check for medical jewelry to see if there's a reasoning that they're actually laid out and not responding to me at all. So that's what I want to make sure happens. Okay, but at this scenario, they're not going to have a pulse and they're not breathing. So we're going to expose the chest. And exposing the chest is just kind of getting you ready for the AED for when it arrives. So you're going to pull their shirt either up. You're either going to rip their shirt open. If they have a button up, it's even easier. You just kind of unbutton it or you can just rip the buttons off. Um, if it's a woman and they have a bra on, you have to take the bra off. Either cut it to take it off. You got to do something. You got to get it off. You got to expose the chest. All right, this is actually when our CPR begins. So CPR, what are the skills to, that are involved in CPR. So you have compressions and you have giving breaths. So compressions, all it is is an act of pushing hard and fast to pump blood through the body. Okay, so when you give um, compression, you gotta make sure they are deep enough, you gotta make sure they're fast enough, you gotta make sure you have total recall, allowing the heart to come back to normal, and do not interrupt these compressions for more than 10 seconds. This is also when you're giving a breath. You do not wanna uh, do your compressions, go to breath, be more than 10 seconds to get back to giving compressions. So how do I give a compression? All right, so you're going to make sure they're flat, on a flat and firm surface. So pretty much when you give a compression, you don't want them just bouncing around. You want to make sure you're actually giving a good compression. You're going to put the heel of your hand on the lower half of their sternum. All right, so then you're going to put the other hand on top of it. You're going to lean directly over the person with your arms locked. You don't want to have your arms bent because then you're just bouncing and you're not actually compression. So arms are locked and then you're going to push at least two inches deep on an adult and a child as well. All right, I'm going to uh, compress at a rate of 100 to 120 beats per minute. If you know the song Staying Alive, keep that beat in your head. That song in your head, you go to the rhythm of that song. So now I've done 30 compressions. Now I'm going to give two breaths. But how do I give a breath? The technique is called a head tilt chin lift. So I'm going to pinch their nose. I'm going to place my hand on their forehead. I'm going to grab my other hand, 
put two fingers under the chin. I'm going to lift their chin up. And then the airway was then going to be open. My mouth is going to go directly over their mouth, sealed tight, and then I'm going to give a normal breath. This should last around about a second. So after I give my breath, I'm going to, as I'm giving my breath, I'm going to check to see if there's a uh, recall, uh, recall of their chest. Make sure their chest is rising. So I'm going to give two, but let's say I give the first one, and that first one, the chest doesn't rise. Well, I have to readjust. I just let go, kind of get their neck back to where it was, do the whole head tilt, chin lift again. I'm going to give another breath. So if it doesn't rise again, I'm going to assume that there's an airway blockage. I'm going to continue to do normal CPR. It's just now every time I give a breath, I need to, when I do my head tilt, chin lift, I need to look and see if there's something in their uh, mouth. Because I might have pushed it up and I might have pushed it down. If I push it up and I can see it, take my pinky, sweep, grab, see if you can grab it. Never do a blind sweep. So if you don't see anything, don't do a pinky sweep at all. So you're going to give a breath and the chest is going to rise. That means that the breath worked. I'm going to do that five times. A 30 to 2 um, 30 compressions, two breaths, that equals one cycle. You can do five cycles of that. That should last you around two minutes. And then you're going to reassess the person. You're going to check their pulse, check to see if they're breathing. You're going to check everything again. And then you're going to go back into compressions if they're not breathing and they don't have a pulse. So again, that should take less than 10 seconds. So as soon as you do it, you give your breath, check the pulse, see if their chest is rising, go straight into compressions. So using an AED, an AED is about as simple as simple gets. It gives you instructions step by step by step. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to open this AED up. And it's going to tell you to remain calm, remove all clothing. So you're already doing that, so we don't have to worry about any of that. So we're going to, the person giving compressions and are doing normal CPR does not stop because the AED arrives. You continue to work um, doing CPR. The person who has AED is actually going to work around you. So I have my AED, opened it up, told me to remain calm, remove all clothing. It's going to tell me to apply the pads. The pads go upper right, lower left. Don't stress about trying to remember that uh, when you have an AED is because the AED pads actually have pictures on them of where to go. So you just apply the pads to where the picture says apply them. All right, it's going to be right uh, right by the, uh, below the chest um, on the left side, and it's going to be right up on top of the chest on your right side. So it's not going to actually move or uh, move to the next step until you apply the pads. It's going to continue to tell you to apply pads, apply pads, apply pads. Eventually, you're going to apply pads, and then it's going to go on to the next step. So when it gets to the analyzing heart rhythm stage, what you're going to do is you're going to tell everybody to get out of the way pretty much. You're going to move. Don't touch this person because the slightest bump on this person, the AED actually, it'll actually pick up the um, heartbeat and then it won't give a shock. So you're going to stay away. It's going to say shock advised. Well, it's not going to give the shock directly there. What's going to happen is you actually have to hit the button to make the shock happen. It's a little lightning bolt right on the uh, AED. So when it says shock advised, again, you're going to tell everybody to clear because you don't want nobody touching the patient because that person is going to get shocked and they're going to be laid out on the ground. So then everybody's clear. I'm going to hit the little button. It's going to sh shoot the shock in there. 
soon it does does that it, it checks the heart again and then it says continue cpr and it actually beached to 100 to 120 beats per minute for for compressions and then it tells you to give two breaths and then it tells you to go back into compressions and it's going to do that five times because you got to have five cycles and then it's going to be analyzing heart rhythm again so at that point, you just try to keep up with the uh, AED. If you can't, it's perfectly fine. All you have to do at that point is worry about when it says analyzing heart rhythm, stop CPR, no matter what stage you're at. So a channel CPR, everything is the same as adult. The only difference is you're going to use one hand instead of two hands. And a, and a child is considered one to puberty. Usually, don't try to look, worry about their age. You're just going to just look at size because some kids who are at 10 years old look like a grown person. So you're going to do adult CPR on them. But for a child who is child size, you're going to use one hand instead of two hands. And the AED pads, they have child pads, but if they don't, it is fine. You can still use adult pads. You're just going to put one on the upper, one on the uh, upper right, one on the lower left. You're just going to make sure the pads aren't touching each other so it actually will deliver a shock. Infant CPR is a little bit different. So you only, when you compress, you're only going to compress an inch to an inch and a half deep. You're going to use actually two fingers, and you're going to do mouth over nose when you give your breaths. So I'm not going to pinch their nose. I'm just going to head, tilt, chin, lift. So I'm going to lift their forehead and lift their chin, put my whole mouth over their mouth and nose, and I'm going to give a normal breath just like normal. And AED pads. Don't worry, if you have adult pads, it's fine. One goes on the front, one goes on the back. And if you're doing two-person CPR, it, it goes from 30 to 2 to 15 compressions, two breaths. If you have any questions, just email me and we will get them settled.